I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, if this is your first time listening, welcome. This is an entrepreneurial personal development how to kick the shit out of every aspect in your life podcast. I don't think I've ever described it like that, but that's what it is. We're going to talk about a lot of concepts. Some of them will be strictly business. Some of them will be strictly personal development. Yes, we are in the business category, but um, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to get things out of this show, okay? We're going to talk about a lot of principles. We're going to talk about a lot of concepts that will help you in every area of your life, not just your financial area or your career area or your business area, but also your personal area, your fitness area. All of these things can apply, and that's the beauty of what we do here. So, we don't run ads. Um, I'm not going to bore you with 20 minutes of fucking ads. I am going to get right to the point, and uh, we're going to keep it about you guys, about the listeners. The reason we started this podcast was because... I deal with um, about 200 millennial uh, people that work in my company, and I recognized a need for them to learn the basics of what it takes to be successful. Uh, I won't say this is just for millennials, but I will say that the MFCEO project, and the reason we call it a project, was based out of that. Um, we don't believe in the popular concepts of the everybody is special that everybody deserves to feel good about themselves, um, that everybody wins. Uh, we, we deal with reality, okay? So we're realists, and we're going to talk about some shit that is probably going to make you uncomfortable sometimes, but if it makes you uncomfortable, you probably fucking need it. My fee for this podcast and my deal with you guys is this. If you get value out of the podcast, if you get uh, lessons that apply to your life, for every episode that you feel like was value, I ask that you bring me one friend. You could do this a number of ways. You can talk about us. You could tell someone about us. You can make a post about us. You could tag somebody. But if you tag somebody in piece of my content, please let people know why you're tagging them. Um, this is a completely organic movement. We don't run ads for it. Uh, and we do this because we want to make a difference. So guys, if you could do me that favor and pay the fee, it's on the honor system. I appreciate you guys. Love you guys, and I appreciate all the support that you give us. Uh, if you want to stay more connected, you can subscribe to my email list, which is uh, andyforsella.com forward slash subscribe, and you're going to get access to the Frisella Files, which is a weekly uh, free piece of content, video content that we do that's sort of like a mini podcast. It's the best way to uh, describe it, but it's practical lessons on how to um, make some fucking money, so, which we all like. As always, I am... Joined by my co-host, Vaughn, the Impaler, Vanilla Ice, the pastor of disaster. Jean-Claude Von Damme. Jean-Claude Von Damme. Von Jovi. DJ, DJ God. Right. He's known by all kinds of names because he's legendary. Right. What's going on, my legendary friend? You know, whenever you post pictures of your transformation, I actually feel like the before pictures that you post, that you must have 
Photoshop them to make yourself look really bad because I don't remember you looking that bad. But then when I, because it's that's because I, I was big sexy dude. Well, that's true, but it's also because I was with you every day. You know how like when you're with yeah. somebody every day, you don't really see. But it's crazy. Like there has been quite a transformation. Why are you trying to call me fat, dude? No, man. I'm just telling you Tyler, that when I, I call me fat. Like a year from now, when I have a hundred, you are still fat. You're I, still that I, fat guy to me. Hey, hey, bro, and you're always going to be that little gay boy. <laughs> I, By the way, Tyler, where are your shorts today? Yeah, he's got the ripped. This up is the second jeans. fucking podcast. No, the third podcast in a row where there's been no salmon shorts. What happened last podcast? We had an awesome actually podcast. was a good one. There yeah, you go. Good. Yeah, the, are we breaking the pre- a trend. Yeah, the, Wait, the essence so of the salmon shorts. What's is still coming here. into? So I feel like maybe salmon's going out of style. Are you still on the salmon, or are you feel like something else? Now? No, no, I'm way past the salmon. You were the one that was on the salmon. What's the new thing now? Uh, just are you fashion? going back to neon? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what's what's the new thing, dude? Holes? Just fashion. Like all kinds holes? of holes in your pants? Oh man, I don't really know how to describe it. Streetwear. 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 All right. Anyway, all I was going to say is a, a year from now, when I have a hundred more pounds of lean muscle mass, hundred, you're not even going to notice it. Because you're going to be with me every day, but everybody else will notice it. That's when I'm going to get a sleeve, like a. You're going to get a sleeve. I'm a, once I get arms, I'll, I'll get. Do you a have ta- any tattoos? No, uh, I don't know. No. First of all, I could promise you that you would do about five minutes of a fucking tattoo, and you would quit. You're probably right, but every time I go to a tattoo artist, they they can't do what I want them to do. So it's what they don't want to tattoo your penis. No, because <laughs> it's so small. I always tell them I want a full body tattoo of myself. Those micro tattoos are in right now. What are those micro tattoos? They're hot right now. <laughs> oh, I dude, that's those that one dude who's doing those things. That oh, motherfucker, John, John Boy. Yeah, he's charging like fucking ten thousand dollars for a fucking tattoo. It takes five seconds. He's pretty talented. Vaughn's gonna get a little dick on the inside of his finger. <laughs> No, Vaughn's going to get a little dick on his little dick. No, I'm going to get a full body tattoo of myself, only taller. Damn, dude, you've been thinking about that for a long <laughs> yeah. time. It's like, he's like, did you not hear me when I <laughs> right, set that up right. the first Jordan time? Picked up on I'm going to repeat the yeah. joke oh, again. Well, I guess I just announced our guest Oh, yeah, today. I'm so here too. let everybody know who we have here today because uh, I'm excited about this podcast. All right, guys, we have, and I have to admit, I don't know if it's Harbinger or Harbinger. I knew that was coming. I was yeah. like, oh, he must have either not researched it or is going to in real time go, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I can promise you he didn't research it. I did research <laughs> it. fucking real. I did research it, but I, I have, you know, my brain, I'm a three-dimensional thinker. I've always got massive, deep, weighty concepts going on in my brain. Right. So I just had a brain malfunction. So ain't nobody got time to yeah, figure yeah, out right. if it's a hard G or exactly. a soft G. You got yeah. it right, man. <laughs> yeah. The so, answer is... Both are totally fine, and even I switch it up sometimes if I'm trying to get somebody to spell it right. Yeah. I'll say Harbinger, and if I say it normally, I say Harbinger. But if we pronounce it Harbinger, it's almost like you're a Harbinger of doom. That's right. So for purposes of this show... That sounds badass. We're yeah. going with that one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway... But let's be real, dude. Let's, guys... be real. let's be real. You didn't do your research. Hey, what, what do you call this? I know this? you did what a little bit this? of research because you sent me some fucking thing in text message today that made no sense, but I didn't want to sure as fuck wasn't good research. Well, I actually thought that you would need no introduction, but... So far, so good. So far, so good. So, <laughs> this, uh, this intro is as good as not so having my one fa- actually, at all. My fa- That's right. <laughs> my, fa- my, actual, my favorite, like, 
accolade of yours is is the Larry King of podcasters. You, so. you know what that used to say? What's that? The Charlie Rose of podcasting, <laughs> yeah. and I had them change it. <laughs> I had them change it. I was like, oh crap, we got to find another. We move away from thing. that guy. So my friend goes, oh look, I'm doing a Forbes article, and I'll go and throw that in there because it was like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of like he's the Harvey Weinstein <laughs> of supplements. <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> Maybe not. All the millennials over there going, who's Larry King? Yeah. Um, but it's anyway, right. no, Jordan is uh, actually. Um, in all seriousness, if you if you listen to he's got it. He's one of the I would call you the OG, you know, because you're one of the first pioneers of for the, sure of, of the yeah, po- sure. the uh, the podcasting uh, world. But uh, Jordan is man, you're an autodidact. I mean, you just you you know a lot about a lot of stuff. But the way I would describe you, your expertise really does seem to be social influence, uh, communication dynamics, um, and you know what. I just want you to tell your story about yourself. Tell us a little about yourself. Give, give us the five-minute spiel about sure. who you are and what you're all about. So, like many of us, I went to college and I was like, oh, crap, I can't get a job. Uh, this is back in 2003. And then I thought, well, the answer is clearly more education, right? I got to go to school well, more. That's what they tell us. That's what they tell yeah. you. And at the time, you know, it sort of made sense. So, I went to law school and then I worked my way through Wall Street. And the the, the thing is, when I was younger, I was, I was decent in school. I was all right. And then I got to college and I was like, oh crap, everyone's smarter than me. So I had to outwork everyone, which actually was a better lesson than just like, oh, I'm naturally smart. That's not a good, you don't want kids to actually learn that if it's true. And then I got to Wall Street and everyone was really smart and everyone was really hardworking. And I thought, I'm going to get fired from this job as an attorney because they're going to figure out I don't belong here. Classic imposter syndrome. And what I ended up which doing- I, which, which we all still have. Yeah, we all still yeah. have to some, to, at least to some degree for yeah. sure. And I learned, I wanted to learn how to network and sell and close business because I thought that's the way that I'm going to get to the top of the law game is bringing in relationships, reaching out to people, making friends with people, uh, getting new clients for the firm. And then I started working on that. And the problem back then especially was you could not learn this skill set from anyone. You either were kind of naturally good at it, which I was not. Or kind of like when you were knocking on doors in the original yeah. company, like, hey, you, you learn it. Yeah, you yeah, gotta you learn. Just it. go get punched in the face over and over again, and, yeah. and it comes. Dude, I hate people that have the natural ability. It's annoying. Like people, people yeah. I get, I get credit, and it drives me insane. They like, I used to have this guitar teacher, and I would say to him. I'd say, fuck, dude, you're so talented. He would get so pissed yeah. off because he's been playing for 30 years. You know what I mean? Every yeah. day for 30 years. And he would get pissed off when I say, dude, you're talented. And I never understood what, why he would get so mad. But then, I, but then I started thinking about how I feel when people say, oh, dude, you're so good with people. That's such a great talent you have. It's like, motherfucker, do you know how many times I had to get punched in the face to develop my people skills? Like a decade of getting my balls kicked in every day. You know what I mean? Like a salesman who's really good at closing business is not- I was not, the worst, yeah. dude. It's just, I just didn't have an option. I had to go out and fucking sm- get my face smashed. It's a lot of knocking on doors. Were you like that, that or- Yeah, I, I had to I had to learn this stuff the hard way because I was quiet. I was always like, bookish would be a kind way to put these this yeah. thing. And that was great for showing up for a geometry test. It was not good for closing business in New York. Yeah. 
And I tried to take classes. So I would take like a Dale Carnegie class. But what I learned really fast was some guy in a sweater vest at the YMCA is not going to teach you <laughs> how to be like a smooth operating business closer right, rainmaker right. because they work at the YMCA teaching Dale Carnegie classes, <laughs> which is, look, those classes aren't useless. They're great if you're afraid to stand in a room with six guys and go, so the sales data for this quarter, Bro, that's great. You know, start that's, how I start, that's how I started, dude. Like I started my speaking career. People are like, how the fuck do you, do you, do you ever get nervous when you go up and speak in front of 10,000 people? I'm like, no, absolutely not. And you know, but the reason is, is dude, when I started, I started in front of six guys in the in the back of one of our retail stores, scared shitless, shaking with the holding papers a, in your hand, dude, <laughs> yeah. to, exactly like yeah. that, exactly like that, and that's how it starts, man. Yeah. So like going to the YMCA to speak in front of six people, there's a tremendous amount of value because Agreed. I feel I feel like most people can't get past that point. No, and most people won't. So they'll they'll feel that and go, okay, fuck this, I'm not doing this yeah, anymore. Right. But the truth is, when you have to get more nuanced with it, that's when the rubber meets the road for a lot of us, and yeah. you can't really learn that as well in a classroom setting. So you'll learn how to remember some kids' names of people. They teach you that, like, you're walking through the memory palace or whatever, <laughs> you know, those exercises. Yeah. They teach you, like, I don't know, here's what you do with your hands when you talk. But the problem is, if someone's not giving you guys a client contract, if you if get fucked over by a supplier or you get a good deal from a supplier... It's not because the person's like, well, he had a firm handshake and they looked me right in the eye. For the, it's, That's not why people like or don't like you. There's more nuanced stuff going on. But you're not going to learn that from a public speaking class with three people or five people who are afraid to go up. Yeah. Like, you got to get past the hand It's just there, it's there to set a, a very basic foundation. Yes. And you've got to be able to run out in the real world with basic skills and learn how to sharpen and evolve those skills. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like if you take a sales class, they're going to be like, oh, research the prospect, which is valid. You should do that. Uh, show up on time. Yes, you should do that. Make sure that you ask about their personal life, whatever, like those basic things. But what they don't tell you is, hey, when you go and knock on the door, back away from the door three or four feet, especially if you're a guy, and the bigger you are, the further away you should back from the yeah. door, and turn sideways because it makes you look less confrontational and look down at your phone or your paperwork until they answer the door. But they don't teach you that stuff. You learn that right. because you're like, you you have a couple of people answer the door and you're standing there and they back up and go, whoa, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Hi, can I help you? Yeah. And you go, huh, I got to fix that problem. That's why retail is so valuable, dude. Yeah. Retail is a I great place to hone your personal skills because uh, I was fortunate to come, come up in that area of business because you get literally dozens of chances a day yeah. to like, connect with people. You know what I mean? And you know when it goes right because they buy something. And right. if it, and if they're it goes, excited. When they leave, right. they're, they're posted on the internet like, oh, dude, I just had this the great experience at this store. You know, people ask me, like kids are like, what should I do? Uh, to learn these skills, I'm like, go get a fucking job in yeah, retail. Yeah, you know, getting rejected and having people say like, you don't know what you're doing, or having your boss lay into you. And the numbers never lie with sales, nope. too. You can't be like, I'm really good at this. Well, I haven't closed anybody, but I'm pretty good at this. You are not good at this, and that's okay. And you will get plenty of chances to blow it and get better and better and better. Yes, anything that you can do to sell something especially if you're selling somebody else's thing, because then you're not going to be like homeless if you can't do it right away. Yeah. Then, and you'll, they'll teach you things that they've learned. That's such a good job to have. I worked at a movie theater selling popcorn and gummy bears, but they come to you. Yeah. Less right. effective Plus than working at Foot Locker. Shit. Right. Yeah. And it's they want different. It. It's different selling something that they want versus selling something that they need. 
So like, for example, in my business, I we've sold things that people need versus shit that they want. Yeah. Nobody wants to fucking take protein powder. Nobody. Nobody wants to take supplements. They just know they probably should. It's a good idea. So when they come in, our job is to educate them on what they need to use and how they need to use it. And it's to get somebody excited in a situation for something that they're they're kind of telling themselves they need to buy versus something that they want, like a fucking beer yeah. or a pizza, you're a completely different ballgame. Plus, your results are offset. Well, their results are offset by... Time. Time. Yeah. A lot of time. Months, yeah. years, whatever. Right. Like when they I owe buy, you a fucking pizza, they're yeah. like, fuck, that was good. It tasted good. Dopamine hit. If done. I, people always ask me what my regret is, and I, and I don't really have any regrets, but if I knew what I know today, I probably would have picked a business that would have been something that people wanted versus something that I had to educate them on. And I love what we do because it the the, the time payoff that we get of actually changing people's Long lives. Term, dude, yeah. it's, it's irreplaceable and I would do it for free, okay? So I'm not saying I would change it, but if I were a young entrepreneur, you know, like I'm giving advice now, mm-hmm. like if I were you and you're fucking young, I would think about selling something people want versus something that... What do you think you would have sold? Do you ever think about what it might be? Dude, fuck yeah, man. I know exactly what I would have sold. I would have sold fucking frozen custard. Frozen custard? Everybody fucking loves it. I would have been a billionaire by now. (laughs) The frozen custard billionaire. Yeah, bro. There's this fucking- Might be fatter, though, than you are now. I I, I was fat, and I sell fucking vitamins. (laughs) If I sold fucking frozen custard, I would have been 700 fucking pounds. I would have been on (laughs) the show where they have to cut the hole in the fucking side of the house and use a forklift to get me out of the bed. (laughs) Big Andy the custard guy. Yeah, that's right. Well, (laughs) dude, it's funny because, and the reason I always say this and people laugh but there, and I'm going to give a plug here, which I never do. But there is this fucking place in Springfield, Missouri, and now it's it's a lot of places. It's called Andy's Frozen Custard. All right, that's the name of it. All right, and whenever I knew learned about this business, they were they only had one or two stores. Now they have like dozens and dozens and dozens of stores, and it's this really cool concept. It's like they have like this standalone, like retro looking, um, like drive-in movie '50s feel building. It's really like good atmosphere, good ambiance. And, and dude, their fucking product is so good. And dude, yeah. I'm just telling you, like everybody in St. Louis loves Ted Drew's and it's like a, it's like a legendary place. I love Ted Drew's as well, but Andy's frozen custard has the whole fucking thing locked down from a model. And I always knew I'm like, dude, if I fucking, if I ran their business, I would be a fucking billionaire <laughs> because it's people come from all over 20, yeah. 12 months a year to buy this shit. And I'm out there like having to like, Go into people's offices and talk to them about shit like going on a diet. You yeah. know, like nobody wants to fucking go on a diet. Nobody wants to hear that. Meanwhile, people waiting in the rain yeah. to eat frozen custard. So you obviously started working on this stuff to succeed as a Wall Street lawyer, yeah. but you're not a Wall Street Spoiler lawyer. Alert. So what happened? That didn't happen. Yeah. So what happened was I was securitizing subprime mortgages, which is a fancy way of saying take mortgage pools, turn them into a product for a bank where they can sell securities against it. So like you can buy stock in these pools of loans. Well, the big short, I I think we kind of know how that went. Cause I remember asking what happens if people default on their mortgage and they go, it's fine. There's so many in here. You'd have to have this critical mass of people defaulting at the same time. Well, (laughs) guess what? That's totally possible. And in fact was likely and happened. And so the whole firm that I was working at cut back dramatically and they're like, look, we're probably, going to end up cutting a lot of you guys and it's your first year 
so we don't want to fire or lay you off. So what we're going to do is pay you for the entire year, every month, just like you work here, but you don't have to show up anymore. And But you should get another job. And if you get another job, let us know and we'll stop paying you. Right, right. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay. yeah, no problem. I'm certainly going to do that. But then I just took all of that salary every month and I focused on, I used it as seed capital for my business. And that's what started the whole company in the first place. So I didn't end up continuing with with law, but I continued with those skills because every time I learned a little bit about sales, marketing, and relationship development, networking, I was like, this is really this is a huge competitive advantage that nobody thinks about because people are thinking about how to outwork everyone, which you should be able to do already. Uh, you, work ethic is something that you should have. You have to have. You have to be able to like die on the treadmill. But making yourself smarter is a process that you should also do, but is so much slower. And then there's this third path, like the secret third path is what I call it, which is the relationships and the networking stuff. If you're building that, your co- your colleagues, they're not thinking about this right now, especially if you're in your 20s. Because what you, what you think about when you're in your 20s is... I'm going to work and I'm going to build something and then sooner or later I'll know everyone because I'll join a country club or something when I'm a millionaire and I'll just make friends. Right. The friends come first. They don't come as a result. They come as a part of what you're building. Yep. Dude, totally. And that's just, it's funny because one of our last podcasts, we just talked about this, the the process of continuing to level up your your groups of friends. You know what I mean? Um, so many people try to fight that process when it's counterproductive to the, yeah. what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Um, but it is what it is. Well, or they're doing this thing where they're like, well, right. The first one is I don't want to ditch my old friends. And right. it's like, okay, I get that. You don't have to not talk to your high school buddies, but if you have a bunch of friends that, that you're going, Hey, let's go get a workout in and then go see a show. And they're like, no, let's smoke pot and play video games. That's cool if you do that once or twice, but if that's all they ever want to do, you gotta you gotta figure yeah. out if that's what you want. Yep, because that's what you're gonna get. Yeah, that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna end up like that. And uh, I interviewed this this guy on the Jordan Harbinger show named Ben Hardy, Benjamin Hardy, and he wrote a book about how your environment influences what you do. And one of the examples he gave is he's he had a buddy who was happily married, he had kids, and he stayed friends with this guy from high school. Which is, again, not not the end of the world, not a big deal. But then he started spending more time with that guy and more time. And then that guy w- went through a hard time and got divorced. And he's, he's like, well, I'm his only buddy. So he spent more and more time with him. And that guy was talking negatively about his ex-wife. And he encouraged this guy to talk negatively about his current wife. And then his current wife started getting sick of his crap and his eating Cheetos and playing video games with this guy all the time. Well, you can guess what happened. Fast forward a couple years later, this guy ends up getting divorced. His wife takes his kid and now he hangs out with this guy 24-7. I think they live together and play video games every fucking day. Yeah. And that's because this guy's mindset and his environment were set up to just sap away his energy, sap away his, his good choices, sap away. He didn't make new friends. He didn't level up his friends. And networking and relationship development is a great way to make sure that you're around successful people all the time, not just the people that you were friends with in college because they live next to you. I think it's important, too, to, to, to say, you know, the other thing is that networking is fucking huge, right? And you have to be conscious and, and, and uh, intentional about who you're going to try to meet. But what I see on social media, and I don't know if you observe the same thing, but fuck I do, is like all these kids who think that just by networking that they're going to somehow become 
these wealthy oh, fucking yeah. fi- like right. you're they're not they're 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 disproportionately going in on networking as opposed to like building a quality product or having a business plan or all the other shit that you actually got to have too cuz like you're have you know like Gary V pushes this hard and Gary's my boy but I don't agree with everything he said and one of the things that he go in somebody's DMs and DM them and DM them and DM them and DM them until they fucking respond dude you know that's how you get blocked on my fucking yeah, page yeah. you know what i mean like you I had this question. Uh, I went to Kansas City for an event last weekend or two weekends ago, and um, I had a kid come up to me who was just like, I don't know, he's like three or four years into his business, and he was like, how? He asked me for my my personal cell phone number, and and like, dude, I admire your ambition. Like, I get that, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm not giving you my fucking number. Like, I don't know you. Yeah, I'll give him your number. Don't yeah, worry about right, it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But like... I, I get it. Like he was displaying that he had like courage to yeah, ask, right? right? And I appreciate that. But and he he's like, well, how? Because after I told him no, you know, politely, um, he said, well, how do I how do I get to be friends with people like you? Like, how do we get in the same circle? And mm-hmm. how, I'm like, bro, you got to go out and do something. Yes, you got to go out and fucking build something. Like you've got to go out and build something that's so fucking noticeably successful that you cannot be ignored to where people like me or you or whoever else and he's who have already done things look and say dude yes we gotta get this dude's doing it we gotta get in with him it makes sense too yeah because but people miss that point because they're they're so they're young and they're ambitious and they want it now and they don't realize, like, dude, you can't just talk your way into people's circles. I see you're an entrepreneur. Let's connect. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, if I had Elon Musk's phone number right now, for example, I wouldn't be like, hey, look, I have all these great ideas for SpaceX you got to hear. Or, fuck no. hey, can I... I don't have I'd be any... sending him fucking funny memes. Right, yeah. Until we're fucking boys. Exactly. I would, <laughs> I would find some way to make it entertaining. But that's, yeah. a, whole, that's a whole side topic, probably. But, but that's what we're talking about, interpersonal relations. Right. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you work your way in, like... Over years, yeah, you know what I mean, and and you have to bring value to them because mm-hmm. you know if if this kid and we, I don't want to pick on somebody I don't even know, but he probably wasn't like, hey, I have to get in touch with you directly because I have all these things that are going to oh, no. benefit you. He was like, I'm going to text you yes. every week about to run ideas by you yes. for my own. Uh, oh, that's benefit. a whole other thing. Like people, and this kid was very nice. He and he's going to listen and he's going to know when I'm talking about him. He he did everything right. But like, if you don't have the thing, whatever your business is, right. to back up your, you're just not. You're, it takes that part too, not just the networking. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, I do. I have. You know, another thing is, is you get people in DMs all the time who are, and they're fucking. They'll say this. Hey, can I pick your brain? Oh yeah, that's not. Don't no, ever do that. You can't pick my brain. I've got lots of shit going on in yeah. my real life, like. No, you can't pick my brain. Or if, we've got 236 podcasts that you can listen to. Dude, it just shows me you're fucking yeah. lazy. Yeah. Like, I cannot stand... Like, it's a pet peeve of mine. Like, if those words go together into a fucking DM, yeah. I literally get, like, irritated. I want to, like, tell them yeah. off. But yeah, I don't... But I, I try... I just ignore it. It's it's tough. I will say, if somebody's friends with me, like, if you called and you were like, hey, look, I want to pick your brain about that's, podcasting stuff, that's different. totally different. That's different. Yeah. But if I don't know you, yeah. you're picking my pocket instead of my brain. Yeah. Because yeah. I got to make money on this time. No shit, dude. Like, that's, fuck. That's a yeah, great way of putting it. let's clarify that. It's totally different if you've got a relationship. And I, and I call you and say, hey, bro, I got a question about this. What do you think? Yeah. As opposed to some dude I've never met before. 
and and dude, what they always do too, like they always try to leverage. They're like, oh, dude, I've bought all your products. I've done this. I've done oh, that. Yeah. Can I pick your brain? And I'm like, no. You still can't. Still can't. Yeah. Like, I just don't have the time to do that. And I'm doing what I do so you can learn this shit. All you have to do is go right. listen. Yeah, like, it's not scalable for you to do that. Yeah, no, man. One thing that I started doing that has helped with this is, uh, do you know what Clarity is? It's like this service where you can charge, uh, I think, 600 or or 1000 bucks an hour, and then they can set up a call with you and it's like at that rate, it's about 17 bucks a minute. And I will donate that money to charity or I will. It depends on what the cause is, of course. But then if people are willing to pay for that, then I know that they're going to probably apply what they're telling me because it's going to cost them 400 bucks. They got to skin talk in the game. 15, yeah. That's right. And that matters. Dude. Yeah. That's something I've had. I had to learn over the last few years is like because we're getting ready to launch a bunch of uh, academy courses. Nice. And um, uh. I'm excited about that because I'm I'm excited to have people who have something in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, dude, because that's what I like, man. I like people taking the information and then coming back a year later and being like, fuck, dude, I doubled my income or I grew my business this much or I did this, right? But it doesn't happen really for because a lot of people don't have skin in the game. They don't have skin in the game. The guy who wanted to pick your brain, not, not the one, again, don't want to pick no, on no, somebody no, I, I don't it. know, yeah. but... A lot of times you'll give somebody, I remember when I first started, I would spend like an hour with somebody outlining a strategy or something like this, and they would never, a year later, I'd be like, oh, did you ever launch that? They never would launch anything. They would never do anything. And that's why if somebody's like, hey, I want you to be the first guest on my new show, I'm like, no, I'll do it when you're on episode 50. I never hear from those people again because they don't get there. They never get there. Right. Yeah, dude. So backing up just for a little bit. So clearly you built this, this awesome brand on social dynamics, interpersonal communication, a lot of the things that that are connected to that. Let's formalize this, all right? Because and let's make let's state this in in really stark terms. Give us your step-by-step you know, path or 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 formula for how to get somebody to do something. You know, what sure. basic principles of persuasion. I mean, persuasion we're, all, we're already yeah. talking about it organically, but let's sure. formalize it. Yeah, persuasion is is commonly misunderstood because people are like, all right, what's this like hypnotic set of words that you can use to get somebody? That, they, have that a, stuff, they have a negative connotation of it. Yeah, it's right. either or manipulative. Manipula- right. Yeah. Or they're, they're thinking like, oh, I got to use uh, power words or like... Uh, some kind of there's some terms I'm, I'm drawing a blank because I don't use I don't worry linguistic about this. Pro- pro- yeah, programming. Yeah, I don't really I don't really focus on this kind of thing. The way that honestly, the way that I get people to do things that I think are going to be beneficial to them, which is the easiest way to persuade somebody to do something, is to first of all align their goals with yours. I know that sounds very uh, cliche or trite, but what this means really is: look, I don't tell someone you or you don't tell someone, hey. You should buy this product. It's the best one out there. And you know, if you do this, this all this great stuff's gonna happen for me. You would never sell anything like that. You'd say, look, you're gonna go out there and spend 50 bucks on supplements. If you spend 60 bucks, you're gonna get stuff that we've tested. It's gonna work. It's gonna give you better results. You know, you have to speak in terms of what's gonna be good for them, but you also have to show them, you have to handle their objections in a way that's not like you're selling it. So a lot of the ways that I would sell an online course or an uh, in-person training. And when we teach, what I, when I teach people, usually I teach military, um, a lot of special forces, of course, a ton of civilians and things like that come to our training as well. And they're always, 
these are guys that know that hard work is part of it. So you have to speak in the language that they have, which is not, this is going to be so easy for you guys. Half the time, I will tell a client or student, this is going to be one of the hardest skills you've ever tried to learn. And then the wrong audience will go, wait, wait, wait. all right, I'm done. Let me stop you there. Sure. Why do you say that? Because I know, I know why, but why do you say that? Yeah, so the reason that this is important is if I tell... If I tell a kid outside this is going to be one of the hardest skills you ever had to learn, he's probably going to be like, well, I don't want to fucking do that. But if I tell you this is going to be one of the hardest skills you're ever going to learn, you're going to be like, well, good. I need a fucking challenge. I know I can do this. I've mastered all kinds of other and stuff. not only that, now I fucking trust you because yeah. I, I can believe that. Yeah, you can believe that. I can believe, like when somebody says, this fucking lose weight in 30 days, lose 100 pounds in 30 days, easy. Cut your leg off. Nobody fucking believes that shit. Yeah. But when you tell the truth, you people believe it. Yeah. And then you have credibility. So you might not sell as much today, but over the next 10 years, you're going to sell a lot more because the people who are buying are the people who are willing to go do what it is you're telling them to do. Yes. And what are they going to do? They're going to say, hey, I went and, and bought Jordan's program or this or that or Andy's supplements. And you know what? They fucking worked because mm-hmm. I did my part. And it's a long-term yeah. play. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think telling the truth is, first of all, it's underrated. everything. And it's hard to do in the moment. People always go, oh, well, you know, of course I'm going to tell the truth. You know, I always tell the truth. This is what I do. The When it comes to, down to the moment when you have to choose between getting easy results or getting money from somebody or telling the truth, that's when it actually matters the most. Right. Discipline doesn't really matter when you don't need it. It only this sounds so dumb when I was saying it out loud, but it's actually a, a great life truth. Discipline only counts when you need it. Like if you're already awake at five AM because your dog woke you up, it's that's not discipline. not discipline. Right. It's discipline when it's cold out, it's snowing, you're so warm, you wake up and you go, I could totally go back to bed for another half hour, or I could get to the gym, or I could get up and make a healthy breakfast, whatever it is. That's when the discipline counts. It's the that's same right. thing with truth. The truth only matters if it's like, shit, I really want to tell Tyler on this, but you know what? This isn't going to be a good fit for what you're looking for, but I'm going to refer you to one of my competitors as much as it kills me right now. Then the person goes, wait a minute. You're not just trying to take my cash right now. <laughs> you're not just trying to get this close to sale right now. And that's tough yeah. because- But that's what does close the that's sale. That's what does close yeah. the sale. Yeah, it does. And and look, the, the another way that, that I think Dude, is it persuasive- takes like, it takes like five to- 50 times of real life experience experiencing what you're talking about yeah. to understand it. Like, cause like, dude, I try to teach this to like guys who that we have in our program. And they're like, no, man. They're like, no. dude, if I do that, nobody will buy. Nobody will I'm buy. I'm like, motherfucker, this is how you close a sale. Yeah. This <laughs> is how you close a sale. Else. This is how you close a sale. Yeah. I, I recently, I, every Friday, I answer listener questions on the Jordan Harbinger show. And one person was like, I got this really successful cleaning business. But I have all these clients and they're used to paying me, I don't know, 150 bucks a day or whatever to yeah. clean the offices. And I want to raise my rates to 200, but I don't want to piss off all my old clients. And my advice was not spring a rate change on them. My advice was not tell them what's, you know, what's what. My advice was tell them you're raising your rates in 30 days so they have time to plan. And if it's too much for them to pay, you will refer a competitor who will probably do just as good of a job. And she's like, 
I'm not referring my my competitors. And I said, then don't raise your rates because you're never going to be able to do it. So of course, what she ended up doing was take it, hopefully taking my advice. I would I would imagine. And th- when other people have asked me this problem or had this problem to solve. If you say, look, I'm going to refer somebody else if you can't afford my new rate, most everyone will pay you the new rate because they trust you. And not only that, dude, let's say they don't. Let's say they don't pay you the new rate. Because really what you have to think about, like we talk about, like you said, telling the truth sometimes is hard. Yeah. But it's really not if you think about it the right way. Because what you should be thinking about in today's society is what the conversation's going to be Friday night at the bar when they talk about uh, supplements or working out yeah. on Monday. Or what the conversation, so let's say they don't buy from you. Good thing's still going to happen. Because what's going to happen when the conversation comes up is, you know what? I Jordan raised his rates from 150 to 200 bucks, but he offered to help me find someone else to do it for the same price. Like, dude, that's a good fucking dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you end up still winning, even if you lose. You know what I mean? They, yeah, they go. He referred somebody else who who does that who fits my budget. It creates no the one story. does that. It creates the story. It, it the conversation that you're trying to control that what the word of mouth, it doing things like that are what creates that because it's so abnormal. It's like what Seth Godin talks about his purple cow, right? Mm-hmm. It's so abnormal that people remember it. So it's automatic like branding and, and and advertising for you forever. And it shows confidence in the way that you need to show confidence. It's not right. bluster. It's look, my my protein powder costs 60 bucks. Yes, it's twice as much as another one. It's more than twice as good. Well, you know, I'll give you 55. Sorry, man. No. But here's another Bro, the brand. Best, you know how you know what the best thing we ever did? The best mentality I ever adopted for not just business, for my life. And it says this on my Instagram profile. It says, not for everyone. People get themselves- Oh yeah, in, it does say that. Yeah, people get for themselves in trouble by trying to please everyone. Do not try to please everyone. Just figure out who it is that you're going to appeal to and go all in there. It's That is a very good point. What, what happens is people try to take brands like yours, mine, and they do what they try to make us all vanilla and then you get punished by the market for being vanilla right but the person in the moment kind of like it's kind of like they want you to be this way and then as soon as you change that way it's in fact this happens in relationships too you've seen this with probably your friends and they're married and stuff like that and it's like why can't you do this why can't you be more like that and then all of a sudden the relationship falls apart and it's like what happened i did everything that she said or i did everything that he said and it's like yeah, but you've changed. It's like, you yeah. fucking changed <laughs> yeah. me. What are you talking hey, about? Bro, I'm going to tell you this. Nobody's passionate about vanilla ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Nobody. Nobody's passionate about vanilla. I like vanilla. Vanilla's good. I fucking eat it. Yeah. But I ain't fucking passionate about it. It ain't no frozen custard. No, that's right. <laughs> With M&Ms and fucking Reese's and caramel in that's it. That's right. Because that's the shit I like. And I'm gonna, I'm, that, that gets me so passionate that I want to start a company around it. All right? So- you have to think about your life and your brand and your company in that way, right? If you're vanilla, dude, you're you're you might be able to pay the bills, but you're never going to thrive. Because, you're a commodity, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're you're becoming a commodity by default, and it really comes down. The reason that your brand has become vanilla is either a you're running it by committee because when you run shit by committee, the answer is going to always be vanilla because no one's going to agree, right. or b your 
purposely trying to please everybody's opinion and it bothers you so deeply that you can't please everybody that you take all the cool shit of your brand yeah. and throw it away. You sand down yes. your shit until it's so smooth that nobody wants it anymore. Right. Okay, yeah. so Jordan, uh, the first two points that I pulled out from Jordan Harbinger's uh, Rockstar Persuasion right. course in 48 hours or less, sarcasm, nailed it, uh, is align their goals to yours Tell the truth, even if it's not in your immediate best interest. Yeah, I like that. But think well about the long game. Lo- well, long game, yeah, that's that's actually probably two separate points. Long game, uh, I was talking with Gary Vee, speaking to him before, and I can't remember what I said, but he was like, you do think long term. And I hadn't really thought about this, but it's true. I don't go, oh man, I got to get uh, Shaq on my show, so then I blow up and everyone will be like, yeah, that's the guy that had Shaq. I waited two and a half years to get him on the show and it was persistence, but it was like, I think you call it aggressive patience. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. It's aggressive patience where I'm there. Like you turn around and it's like, oh yeah, he's still behind me. But I'm not like, I'm not poking you in the back the whole time. You're but, letting the value accumulate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that's important to play that long game. I get why younger guys, especially younger guys and gals, but especially guys, they don't want to wait because especially in the internet age, it looks like you should have everything right now. Well, dude, and also what people don't realize is that it, if you have Shaq on your show the, as the first fucking guest... It's all downhill from there. It, mother, it, <laughs> it's it's all not going to make your show anyway. No, nah, it doesn't do anything for you. Because it takes time. This, this, is, this goes back to the buying process or the process of becoming a loyal fan. It's the same. It takes people time to accept your idea, to accept your message, mm-hmm. all right? And if you go in, like people have this false perception, and it's because what we're fed, right? Uh, Kim Kardashian posted for this company, and now they're selling $4 million a month. Right. Yeah, but next month they're selling $0. Or they were selling 3.8, and they paid right. Kim Kardashian, and they went up 200 grand. Yeah, they dude. didn't make it overnight. But yeah. people have this perception, because we're fed the idea of overnight success, that by having this one person or that one person or this opportunity or getting your product in this store that it's going to make you nothing that you can do nothing no matter how much money you spend look at all the companies you see spend ads on super bowl and then you never hear from them again. yeah never it doesn't matter you cannot outspend you cannot outwork you cannot out strategize time time is always a factor you cannot turn a cake up to 900 degrees and cook it in five fucking minutes. Right. It's no, going I've, to take 40 minutes. I tried minutes. that. It doesn't work. Right. You and, take my word for and it. And it's the same thing that these young these young dudes, I appreciate the ambition, dude, but you're thinking about it in a way that you don't understand doesn't work. Yeah, yeah you know I, I don't mean? know. I don't. Have you guys had this experience where every, over the last 11 years I've, I've been running the show, every time I thought, this is going to be this one big this turning point- it. It is never, it's never it. once happened. Like when I got Shaq on, I thought I'm gonna have so many new fans from this. It was like pink. It was like this tiny yeah. little like blip, and then it's like you get. Oh man, we hit the New York Times. All right, cool. We got a little boost. Or like Tony Robbins mentioned us on a bunch of stuff, but and bro, I was like, oh good. It's, it's cumulative. It was cumulative. Yes. yes, it's a cumulative package. It's to where. Yeah. So now when people look at your website or they look, they hear your podcast or they they find out about you somehow, what they're doing is they're going and they're saying. Fuck, dude. New York Times bestseller, number one rated podcast, innovator of this, been in Forbes, been in this, been in that. And they're like, fuck. All right, I like this guy. I'm going to see what he's about. And that's how it happens. It's a cumulative product. And 
it's 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 hard to explain that to young guys because, like, dude, I don't think I would have understood it I when, when I was twenty years old. Because you don't have enough to be cumulative. No. You look at your your whole life is childhood. Bro, you know how many times I've, in my business career, I like not just the podcast thing, but in my business career where I'm like, fuck, dude, we just get this one thing and mm. get land this one account, do this one thing, dude, we're gonna be billion dollars next year. Like I've thought that for twenty fucking years. Yeah, you know, so I'm guilty of the same thought process, but. I think it's okay to think like that because it keeps you wanting it keeps to, you motivated. It keeps yeah, you I wanting agree. to do big things. But what you have to understand, it, it, like, dude, it keeps you swinging for the fences, right? Swing for the fence, strike out. Swing for the fence, strike out. Swing for the fence, hit a home run. All right, because I've hit a lot of fucking home runs, but I struck out way more. But I think the problem, the problem with thinking that way, and I actually believe it's a good way to think. But the problem with thinking that way is that. When these kids go out and strike out the first three or four times, what do they do? They're bu- they, they quit. They quit. Yeah, they're right. out. And and so it's it's a it's a double edged sword, man. There's good things about it, and there's bad things about it. So what I tell people when they when they ask me about this, because they're like, oh, I'm gonna get this big press. I and I still I agree with you. I'm the same philosophy. Get excited about it. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna be in the New York Times. Get excited. You're going on MFCO project. Get yeah. excited, but then don't have an attachment to the outcome. Go get excited and fly all That's the right. way to St. Louis and do this show. Yeah. And when you get a bunch of new fans from it, be thankful, but don't go, what the fuck? I flew out to St. Louis and yeah. I only got 10,000 new fans. I was supposed to get 100,000. This guy's yeah. bullshit. I don't want to talk to him anymore. Yeah. You know, don't do that because then you're just getting, you're just loading the gun and then shooting yourself in the foot, reloading the gun right. and aiming at your other foot. You, But you do have to, I agree with you, you should stay excited because otherwise you just go, you know, I it's no point. I'm not even going to yeah. fly out there and do this because nothing ever happens. Right, right. Like, dude, I got a, I had an article come out a, a couple like a I don't know like a month or forty days ago or forty five days ago where Entrepreneur Inc. or Entrepreneur did an article about the top five entrepreneur podcasts and they put us at number one. I saw yeah, that. Okay, too. which was fucking so cool because that's like for me that's like an iconic thing. Like yeah. I grew up reading that magazine, you know. So like, and I show it to my dad and like, Dad, check this shit out. You know, it's just cool. But then Yahoo picked it up. And then fucking Inc. picked it up, and every and they and they ran the same fucking a version of the same article, and uh, dude, it was awesome. But like, I didn't, it didn't fucking, it didn't make the show. The show made the show, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we're not any more popular than we were fucking a month ago, or th- maybe you know, maybe we have a hundred new less listeners or a thousand new listeners, mm-hmm. but. I, I still enjoyed that. I still thought it was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta you let you sort of soak it up, but then you don't yeah, go but I'm not hung on it. You're not hung yeah. on it, yeah. And I think a lot of people they'll get they they have that uh like you said, the strikeout or the swing for the fences and the strikeout. So they'll get this big piece of media and what is this called? It's called magical thinking. That's what it was. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. And people do this in relationships. They do this in business. Yeah. It's easy to spot in business because you go, oh, we have a Super Bowl ad that's going to be huge. Nothing happens. Right. But when you do it in relationships too, you have problems. Like, oh, as soon as I, you've probably heard this in your inbox. As soon as I get a girlfriend, my life's going to be totally different. I just yeah, need your it's advice be different. on this. You're going to have less money. You're going to be more <laughs> aggravated. Yeah. You're going to be able to get less shit done. And you're going to be fatter because you go out to eat all the time. That's right. That's, that's what's right. going to fucking, that's how different it's going to be. Yeah, congratulations yeah. on achieving your dream. Yeah, dude. Um, but people do this in relationships with marriage. They do it with marriage too. They'll be like, you know, me and my wife are fighting all the time, but, uh, you know, as soon as I get this job in this different town and we move, everything will be fine. And then they move and it's like, no, I'm still an asshole and she still hates me for all this shit I did in the yeah, past. Right. You got to solve the real problem. Stop with and, the magical thinking. And 90% of 
percent of the time in those situations, ninety nine percent of the time, where's the fucking problem? It's oh, it's, it's in yeah, you. it's you. Yeah. yeah, I did want to say just as you were talking, I was thinking about everything that Andy has always said about success in sales, and obviously there's so much interaction or interchange between success in sales or business and success in real life. And I was thinking, he has said on the podcast a number of times, you be successful at sales, you can't look at it as individual transactions. You got to look at it as lifelong relationships. I like that, yeah. And, uh, and that's what I was thinking as you guys were talking is, that's why you have to commit to the long term because you don't, you don't form a really meaningful, rich, rewarding relationship in a single moment. It, it takes time. And it's know? about building trust. And I think, I can't remember which one of you mentioned trust earlier because uh, you both look so much alike. I can't remember which one of you <laughs> right, exactly. said it. But a lot of people. Best compliment you ever got. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> but like the building of trust, you, you'd you said, uh, what other persuasive things can you do? I always, oh, there's always one. Uh, Dude, it's his first always one. I think that actually may be the first time that's ever happened in our podcast. 235 fucking episodes in, and this motherfucker still got a cell phone on. <laughs> and to clarify, we're talking about Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the way that you build trust also is by doing the little things, and most people will not do those little things. So right. they'll, they'll do this. They'll go, all right, well, I got to figure out. They'll go, all right, well, I got to figure out how to get this set up, or I got to figure out how to persuade, I got to figure out the magical languaging, or I got to figure out how to do this awesome presentation, and then they show up 20 minutes late. Right. And you're like, wait, your whole thing was to blow me away, and you've wasted a bunch of my time already. Right. Or they'll they'll go, they'll cancel something, and my wife, will she goes bonkers when I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm tired, or like, oh, we're not going to make it. She's like, you know how shitty it looks to cancel something. 100%, yeah. Like, you better have a reason like, oh, my leg's caught in a meat grinder, so I can't make it. <laughs> right. You know, right. not like, oh, I overslept. Like, that's not something where it just happens. You have done, there's a whole lot of non-discipline, a whole lot of disorganization, a whole lot of something not working out right for you to have a failure at that time. And that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at business. I'm not, somebody's like, oh, this meeting ran long. All right, that might happen sometimes, but if it's like, oh, well, we got stuck in traffic, hey, you just didn't plan. You did not plan for this. How are you? It's like that sign you guys have on the door where it's like, salesman, am I allowed to say a salesman no, by appointment only? And it's like, if you show up and you don't have an appointment, we will not do business with you on principle because it shows that you can't follow directions. Did I get that right? Yep, you got it. And so that is, that's so important because every action that you do now, People don't think, oh, well, this is this is unrelated to me closing this deal or this is unrelated to me in a relationship scenario. No, it's not. How you do anything is how you do everything. And so if you're showing up without an appointment or if you're showing up later, if you're canceling stuff, you're rescheduling stuff, you're moving stuff around all the time, I'm looking at this from a business perspective. I'm looking at this as where did you fail in the line of planning of the logistics? Where did those go wrong? And what's this going to cost me in the future? What's it going <laughs> to cost me in the future? Yeah. Right. Well, oh, well, I have an employee and they failed. Okay, so you don't hire properly. So this thing is happening consistently. I'm not like, oh, well, yeah, employees, oh, they, they're a bunch of screw-ups. No, your employees are screw-ups because you don't know how to manage or hire. So it seems like you're combining two concepts. You've got the, the attention to detail, mm -hmm. obviously, the small little things. But there's also something that Andy talks about all the time, and we've had a podcast on this 
specific subject, he always talks about how the inefficient is essential. And sometimes to do the things that really bond you to somebody or can or help you to persuade them, you have to do those little things that are not easy. They take time and they take they take a lot of effort. And that's what that that's what I think he's always meaning. That's what you mean, Andy, when you talk about the inefficient is essential. Like if you want to persuade people, if you want to really want to impact and influence them, it's not just that you have to do the the uh, the small little details. You have to do the small little details that usually take a lot of time and effort. Yeah, it shows people that you actually care. You know, from a podcasting example, people will often go, wow, you know, your show's edited really well. And I'm, I go, yeah, I have an engineer and a producer, producer Jason and engineer Jason, because I don't have to remember multiple names. That's efficient. But <laughs> they, they edit out coughs, sneezes, like the ringer on some phone that the guest has, or like I put the bottle up and I'm drinking it and it goes... You know, and they'll, yeah. they'll cut that out. And people will go, always go, wow, you know, how do you get all that stuff out there? Or why bother? Another another podcaster will go, why do you bother doing that? The reason is because, well, there's other things like auditory fatigue and it keeps people paying attention. But the reason is because, well, look, if I want to convince somebody to send their whole team of bodyguards to my school for 5K ahead or whatever... How am I going to do that? And then I sneezed and I was like, eh, fuck it. I'm leaving it in. Right? right? Like, how disciplined are you? How much do you care about the final product when you're like, I could cut that out, but I just don't feel like dealing with it. Right. Yeah, dude. It show, it, I think those things tell everything. Yeah. Yeah, you they know? do. Those little details. You know, you buy, you know, when you buy something and you're like, wow, all the edges, even on the inside, the part that you don't see, they're all sanded down. Dude, I've been having this fucking issue with a guy, uh, a guy that I'm friends with who's helping us and he's the same way. So we're, we're not, I'm not picking on him. We've been, we have been having this issue with a hat company who's sending us the same hats, but they're fucking different. Like the, they, they fit different. But they're the same, according to the company. That's annoying, yeah. Right. And like, dude, so we've been, him and I have been going back and forth with them, and it's like, dude, like, most people might not notice that shit, but you better believe, like, I fucking notice it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it it fits, one's loose and the other one's a little too tight. Or the the, the rise on the crown is like one-eighth of an inch different. You can see it. Yeah. Most people can't see that shit. I see it everywhere. Like, I notice it. Everywhere, everywhere I go, like I see symmetrical perfection, like I see the details and like, I don't know, like I feel like that's a skill that most people haven't developed, but it's a great skill to have. It's a great skill to have. And think about this. They say it doesn't matter. Tell them to get a tattoo that has one eighth of an inch different in a part that, like, imagine you have that skull on your right arm. It's like, oh, one of the eyes is an eighth of an inch bigger, but it's basically fine. You're like, no, this shit is on my body. (laughs) Like, and, and. People go, well, that's a tattoo. You're going to have that forever. Yeah, but you got to treat all of your products in the same way. You got to treat every, and this I goes agree. for information products too. You don't release stuff that has a bunch of typos in it. Oh, well, it's beta. Okay, well, fix it. Yeah. Make it look good. It's It goes back to, I said this when you were out of the room, how you do anything is how you do everything. I didn't make that up. I think that's one of those like T. Harvecker quotes or Dale <laughs> Carnegie from like Dude, 1938. Funny, I say that shit too and people, people will like, I'll see them make a meme and they put my name on it and I'm like, <laughs> All right, I guess I said. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's, it's mine, mine now. now. Yeah, but it's funny because that's. I think that is one of the things that 
I don't know who originally said it, but yeah, we we all live by that. Yeah, you yeah, know? you have to because otherwise you end up with the company that makes hats that aren't quite fitted right. Yeah, or the well, yeah, there's there's some protein in here, but well, we put in way too much sugar, or we didn't right. put in this other ingredient, but it's fine. Or it tastes a little bit different. You got the guy who who buys uh, chocolate mint. 47,000 times in a row and then he gets the one that is like off the motherfucker's gonna notice he's it. noticing it yeah but like dude that's in, in our space luckily that's how most people do business so yeah so it's they easy go, for us to beat them they just go alright I'm done with this shit right. I, if one out of every seven of these it's buckets okay. tastes like shit I'm right. not doing it yeah. yeah okay so you're talking about these little things that if you want to influence people if you want to persuade them these little things that you have to do and by the way what I love about the last like 20, 30 minutes is that I've literally observed you doing little things like referring to things about us, making references to things that you know that we've talked about before, which is incredibly, it's incredibly, um, uh, well, well, it's meaning, it's it shows you did us. the research yeah. that somebody else didn't do. Yeah, I knew. I knew you were going to go there, <laughs> but I, I chose to humble myself and bring this issue up anyway. But but no, but it it's you're actually showing that you're observing people you're making you're making references to them you're making it about them so i assume that that's one of the little things probably that, but, yeah. but i've been doing it for so long that it. i don't notice right, it yeah, anymore exactly. yeah because i'm like oh you, dude it's just it's who not you conscious. become yeah, yeah i agree i'm the same way dude like i know like when you when you especially in a sales situation like it's all about them. It's not yeah. about you. And so many people like are terrible at sales because it's they make it about them. Yeah. It's not about them. Like dude, if you're selling cars, it's not about the the $1000 commission you're going to get off selling the minivan. It's about how safe they're going to feel. It's about how comfortable they're going to be. It's about how cool they're going to feel because they got a cool minivan instead of a boring one. You know, and you got to make it about them in every single way. And and those guys who care about what they are getting are the ones that end up getting paid. Cars are a good example for the long game concept that you guys brought up earlier as well. Yeah. Because you, how many cars you're going to buy? If you, yeah, ideally a bunch, right? If you're if you're yeah. good at what you're doing, you're going to yeah. have a bunch of cars, and you're going to have to get a bigger one when you get a family, and then you're going to want a fun one for when you actually made enough money to get the car that you wanted instead of the cheap one. So if you get those sales guys that are like, oh, he's 24, he. Fuck, I'm not going to spend any time talking to this guy. I'm going to go to the older guy. You might make the sale from that older guy, or you might not. But if you treat that 24-year-old with respect, and then he grows into a 30-year-old who then has a different kind of job, and then he's a 35-year-old with a family, then he's a 40-year-old going through through a midlife crisis, and he wants a Mustang. What about all his fucking friends? Yeah. What about all his friends? That's a good point. What about the conversations he's going to have about the experience you could have provided about selling that 24-year-old, uh, you know, a 10-year-old used car? What if you make him feel like he's the most important person in the world? What if you fucking congratulate him and get him excited about his car to the point where he goes out and tells his other 24-year-old friends, dude, you got to go see my buddy Andy at, at here because yeah. he's... Dude, he hooked me up. He took care of me. He's a good dude. He didn't treat me like I couldn't afford shit, okay? And you address all these issues. 
you're not just selling him. You're selling him and everybody he fucking knows. And if you could think about yeah. that when you're talking to people, it makes it a lot easier to do the right thing. That's a good point. Right? That network we're farming, effect. dude. Yeah. Sales is fucking farming. You're planting fucking seeds that are going to harvest 10 years from now. So 10 years from now, when that 24-year-old is a 34-year-old, and he's literally told 100 different people about you, how many cars are you going to be selling a fucking day off of that one great interaction that you took the time to make him feel more special than everybody else. Yeah, right? that network effect is huge, yeah, man. That, that's why creating, it's even in the content world, right? Like stuff we're doing right now with this show, when you create something that's really good, people will then, and this is not rocket science, they'll refer it out. But if you just create a bunch of stuff or if you create like one big splash, Fuck. like you have one big guest and you expect that, that's only going to ripple so far. You have to keep make every show has to be good enough. Well, you you mentioned it too, uh, um you know, audio fatigue. Yeah. Fucking dude, there's content fatigue. You yeah, put out definitely. so much shit that people ignore what you put out. And we see kids doing that all the time. They're putting out the when you go to their fucking Instagram story, the snap the 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 line at the top looks like a fucking centipede, right? And you're like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm not watching that shit. Or he's making nine posts a day yeah. and putting out two podcasts a day and a YouTube dude, eventually people are like, dude, you're fucking annoying. Mm. You have to be aware of that too. You know what I mean? Like overdoing things is just as bad as not doing anything. It's actually worse. If I think this was in, man, I wish I remembered which president this was, but he wrote a letter and he's like, sorry for the length of this letter. I didn't have time to write a shorter one. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. It was like, I don't know. I'm just going to get it yeah. wrong if I say no. Abraham Lincoln or something. No, it, it was somebody like that. Yeah. And, and, the, and what, he's, what he's basically no, saying I mean, is, it'll come to me it's harder end. to create something that is tight and in, doesn't have a value delusion than to create something that's just long and random. Like, if we did a, a show that lasted the whole day, it's probably going to be tough to make it more valuable well, you than know what we're going to fit into an do hour. That, right? I mean, you know why people do that. Because just, one of the fucking ways that iTunes ranks you is because of how long people listen to your fucking podcast. So, like, you have these motherfuckers out there doing four-hour podcasts oh my God. just so they can get a fucking higher ranking, right? I did not know that, oh, actually. Oh, yeah, dude. That's why you... Listen, that's why some of the biggest podcasts are fucking two and three hours long every time. I know that they rank based on, yeah, I guess I get, technically, I guess I did know that because of the yeah. play count the and the, the episode listing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. I never thought, oh, I should do a longer show because no, I mean, neither. <laughs> it's like people already go, man, your show's an hour long, hour and 15. I only got a 45 minute commute. They, If it's really good, they'll pick it up later. But half of the time they're just going, I'm at work. I'm done. Yeah. That was Mark Twain. Mark Twain. I was going to say wait, wait Mark a minute, but Twain. is it though? Every, I swear it was going to be Mark Twain. Every unattributed quote though is now is Mark Twain. Mark Twain, right. <laughs> so it's like YOLO. Oh, that was Abraham Lincoln who made that up. <laughs> yeah, Actually, that right. was Mark Twain too. Yeah, that was Mark Twain too. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, that I don't know. Now I don't believe Listen anything to this that he said. Guy. I was going to say it. I was. You are that guy. Hey, I, well, I was going to say, but he's got my favorite quote about, you know, the right word is the difference between a lightning bug and lightning, you know? I never you know heard that, that one. one. Oh, that's a great one. Must I be Mark Twain either. What is the quote? It's the exact quote is something like um, uh, having the perfect word versus having a good word is the difference between a lightning bug and lightning or something. Why like do you that. like that? Well, because he said it better. I'm actually misquoting it, but it's really good. Just I was because it's, say, a, it's, it's really kinda, witty. It's, it Mark sounds... Twain's kind of witty. So, 
So is that why you like misquote him and shit? His quote was so <laughs> powerful that you fucking can't even remember it. No, Tyler, I what's I, the quote? I think I need more coffee. Actually, it was Winston Churchill. Oh, is it Winston That's Churchill who, said that? Yeah, but it goes back like he he stole it from somebody else. So it goes back like yeah. Way I think back. everything comes back to Mark Twain. <laughs> right. But uh, so the, what's the exact the quote, quote? Is if I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. No, no, no. The lightning oh, bug. Quote. The lightning bug. Did you get that one? No, I didn't that hear quote? that. Oh, you're not paying attention. No, I'm fucking so, looking up quotes. Anyway, but um, Jordan, I know you have to uh, hop on an airplane with your wife here pretty soon. But uh, before we uh, forget to do this, why don't you share your social contacts? Sure. At Jordan Harbinger on Instagram and Twitter, if people still use that, aside from the president. and uh, Or just to read the presidential tweets. Yeah. And uh, I teach a lot of networking and relationship development stuff. Actually... If you guys have a minute, I would love to go over like two of those little drills because I think they're super freaking yeah. helpful. Sure, yeah. All right. You so know what? Can you spell your name? Because people do that all the time. They say, well, I looked him up and I couldn't find him. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Jordan, like J-O-R-D-A-N, and then Harbinger, H-A-R-B-I-N-G-E-R, right. Harbinger. Like Harbinger of Doom That's slash right. Sorrow slash Destruction. Or something good. Or something good. But yeah. nobody ever uses that for anything. Harbinger no one's like of Harbinger joy. of Rainbows. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no. Um, I, the reason I want to give these drills is because I think young guys, especially young guys and girls, but guys especially, we deprioritize our relationships and our businesses, especially because we don't think that we have time. And so I, I, I think digging the well before you're thirsty, you you never think you're going to be thirsty in the moment. So you ha, you got to start those relationships off early. And one of the things that I do to maintain connections in the network is every day around 10, 9 a.m., I scroll all the way down to the bottom of my text messages. And I start texting the people that are at the bottom there. And I'll be like, hey, man, been a long time. Haven't spoken with you in a minute. Uh, and then you sign, like, give me an update on what you're up to next. I'd love to hear from you. Sign your name so that they don't reply like, new phone, who dis? Or just ignore yeah. you because they're yeah. embarrassed. And then uh, you say, no rush on the reply. I know everyone's busy. Because when you're trying to sell something as you guys all know, you build urgency. So then when I get a message from somebody from two years or whatever in my past, I'm like, is it Herbalife or Scientology? Like, right, what's it going right. to be? So if I if I say no rush on the reply, I destroy that urgency and it actually increases my response rate. And I do that with four mm. or five people a day. Not every single person responds. And you end up with a few minutes of conversation while you're waiting for coffee or whatever or between phone calls. Dude, I do, the simil- I do a similar thing to that too where I just, I just check, I just, Dude, what I do is I send people the emoji, the three fist emoji. Like, I, I this is something I always do. And then I said, just thinking about you, bro. Or nice. just thinking about you. And like, and then, so it's kind of the same thing. Like, hey, dude, I'm just thinking about you. It's not like, it's not like I need anything or right. whatever. I'm just trying to let them know, like, hey, dude, I haven't forgotten about you. Right. You know what right. I mean? And uh, that works really well to help keep, just keep good things good. Because what happens is, uh, and this is the fucking worst, like, and this used to happen to me all the time is like somebody would text me and it would get buried in my texts and I didn't reply. All right. But then a situation comes up where I need to get a hold of that person. So then I fucking go to like text them and I look and I'm like, fuck. Oh, I didn't reply to I this. I did reply. Now I got to ask this guy yeah. for something. And then you're the shit bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like now I do the same thing that you're talking about. Um, but I just do it in a way of like, hey man, I'm just... And I do it in a genuine way. Like, of course, like yeah. when something like when somebody pops in my head, I just fucking shoot him a text. But like, hey, bro, thinking about you. I'll give you yeah. a, a, a sub drill for this. Yeah. Then this is called uh, opportunistic network maintenance, and so this this is something that will allow you to engage with people 
all the time without having to be reminded by something or with by being reminded by something that you don't have to set up yourself. So when you log into Instagram or Facebook, you see the news feed and if someone has a baby or gets married, you click like or you write a comment. All that stuff is what I would say is below the fold, right? Like it's, you're not, I'm not reading those comments or right. if I do, I'm not like, oh, oh, that's cool. The Vaughn commented on that. I just see a thousand comments and I'm like, oh, all right, done. The likes, I'm not reading that list of likes, but if somebody has a, if, is in your network, which is in your newsfeed and they're, they have big news in their life, they got a business thing, they've got a, an event going on, they had a kid, they get married send them a text. Yeah. If you don't have their number, send them an email. If you do, maybe you could even give them a call on the phone. All that stuff is above the fold. The fold. It's higher on the- It means shit. It means something. Yeah. yeah it's you, If you have their number or you reach out more, You. when I got married, I got thousands of likes, thousands of comments on the picture, the relationship change, but I, I probably got like- 20, 30 phone calls and maybe like 40 texts. But I remember those people because even if they weren't at the wedding. No, you, and you, even if it's, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Uh, even if they aren't somebody who's like real close to you, right. it puts them closer to you it because does. you're like, all right, this dude really cares or this this girl really cares. Exactly. Yeah. And all it did, you didn't have to do anything other, you were going to click like, you were going to write a comment, just pick up your phone and write a comment in the freaking text field to that person or an email if you don't have their number it's better it's higher on the engagement totem pole it brings your relationship it furthers the intimacy a little bit for sure and that kind of thing i i have a so the reason i brought that up when you asked me for my contacts was because i have a bunch of stuff on my new website which is advancedhumandynamics.com where i have networking drills, body language drills, persuasion and influence stuff. If you click level one, it's free. It's not a thing dude, that you, you know, have to buy. You know what I love about uh, about you, dude, is that <clears throat> you, you, I know that you struggled with this early on, and that's why you've become a student of it. Oh, yeah. I was I'm not the same way. This. Like, I started out fucking terrible at all <laughs> the shit you're talking about. Like, the worst. Like, I knew you got it whenever you said... Whenever he said, and when I said, I'm standing in front of my manager meeting, he said, standing there with the paper shaking in your hand, (laughs) that's when I knew you fucking got it. And the reason you are where you are, dude, isn't because you have a gift. It's because you fucking made it your gift. And I respect that, dude. I think it's awesome. Because, like, I wouldn't be anywhere in my life without going through all that same shit. You know what I mean? And, like, I haven't made it my whole career, obviously. But, uh... It's something that fascinates me. Well, you're a case study in that it works. Yeah, you know? but, the fa- the, but I'm saying like what you do, like the 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 human dynamics and the interpersonal relationship dynamics and all that shit fascinates me, man. Like it's and it's because I was so bad at it. Are you the same way? Yeah, I was yeah. shy, quiet, nerdy. Yeah, still nerdy. No shame. Yeah. And, but I was just like- Nerds run the world, schle- bro. Yeah, we yeah. do run the world. Yeah, don't forget that. Yeah. Be nice to nerds because you're going to work for one if That's you don't right. already. Um, so yeah, I was always quiet and introverted and shy. And eventually I was like, fuck this. Yeah. This fucking sucks. Yeah. And I looked at all the habits that people were who are not introverted, quiet, or shy were doing. And I thought like, all right, the, these guys probably weren't born that way. And if you look back, if you zoom out far enough on the timeline of somebody who you think is well-networked or persuasive or wealthy or uh, interesting or funny, if you zoom out far enough on the timeline, you find somebody in their environment or some influence in their environment that might make it look natural. And I'll give you, I'll give you this example right now. So 
If you find a kid that you think, well, no, uh, my friend Matt, when we, even when we were in elementary school, he was outgoing and fun. Okay, but he had an older brother, and his older brother was on uh, a team that was co-ed, so he had girls over the house all the time. So you weren't afraid of girls when you were right. six years old, like I, like me and every other right. guy were, because you're around older kids. So then they hung out with you and blah blah blah. And then when at the time you got to middle school and high school, you were used to having women around, so yeah. you looked like you were naturally outgoing yes. and comfortable around yes. women, but you were not. Yes. You learned it earlier. Yes. That's it. Dude, I love that, man. Because people look at people who are charismatic or who are um, successful or who are personalities. And like, dude, they look at it and they're like, God, you have a gift. Like, dude, I get this shit all the time. Yeah. They're, they're like, dude, you have this gift about with your voice and this mm. and, that, and your ability to speak. And th- Dude, go listen to my first podcast. Oh, it was yeah. fucking <laughs> Terrible. Don't listen to my first podcast, please. <laughs> no, I, leave I it hope up. it's gone. I leave it up for the re- for the specific reason of letting people understand that this is all a skill that you yeah. learn. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not a gift. The tape doesn't lie, right? Right. You look at like if you had a, a picture or a video of that that meeting you were holding with oh, the paper God. shaking, and you people would go, "That's not you. That's a guy that kind of looks like you, but is not you." Right. Like, and, and in a way, they're right. Right. You're not that guy not, anymore. Yeah. You know but what's really funny is as much as you've said that. I, re- I still believe people don't believe it. And I'm telling you guys, literally go back and listen to episode like three or four. No, listen to one. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, I'm Andy. Uh, this is the- This is a fucking podcast. This is the, yeah, <laughs> this is the MFCO. It's not for pussies. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. But the content was still good. No, the content was fuck, great. Dude, yeah. I didn't know how to really do yeah. anything. Present it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's the same for every single skill. Because people right now are going, yeah, but you're you've got that aggression thing that your dad taught you, and so of course you're good at business. I don't have that. Everything that people see about you or me or any of us here, this is by the time the plant. What is it? it is, you gave this example perfectly. I think it was Chinese bamboo. Yeah, the right? Chinese bamboo. By tree. the time you water it for like for years or Five months years. or whatever, then it pops up and you go, oh man, this thing grows really fast. It looks like it grows really fast if you watered it and then a day later it popped up above it, the ground. Yeah. What you don't see is all of the fuck ups that Dude, everybody made. Dude, I think made. everybody has the things. I think the, re- and the I think the reason that my content resonates with people is because they do have what the fuck I have. Yeah. They're just afraid to let people see it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh dude, if I go out, it's like, it's like uh, doing something, anything new for the first time, you know, like, like, let's say you were going to take a singing lesson and there was other people in the room and you're, you're afraid. Cause you're like, fuck dude, there's other people here. Yeah. Like I'm good in the car. Yeah. I'm good. But in like, the shower. dude, this yeah. shit, this ain't the same. And you're fucking terrified. And like, dude, that's, that's what it's like. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just have to get past that, that, um, I'm going to feel weird phase. And just know that you're going to feel weird until until you don't. Expect to yeah. not be where you want to be pretty much ever in your life. Like I don't I don't want to speak for you, but I would say right now oh, where dude. I'm at, I'm like, people go, man, you're you're just built this huge thing, and I'm I'm not I'm like, well, my windshield's bigger than my rearview mirror. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at what's ahead. And Bro, I'm thinking, I say this that all the great. time. I say I'm just getting started, and people yeah. people think I'm saying that to be humble. Yeah, or something. no, I'm yeah. saying it in a literal way. You know, and. I don't feel I don't feel successful at all. I just don't. I feel like I've I feel like I've figured out a little bit. I'm like, all right, I figure out a little bit. You got the foundation yeah, set right. up and you're just get re- getting ready to build yeah. the building. Yeah, but yeah. like, dude, you know, I also believe that true entrepreneurs, like I can always tell if somebody's a real entrepreneur by the way they speak about what their life's gonna be like. Like if they say, 
oh yeah, I'm going to fucking, I'm building this business so I can sell it at 35 years old and retire. You don't have it, bro. Yeah, yeah. That ain't, that ain't, you don't have it. Because to be successful, you've got to love the process and love yeah. the game of entrepreneurship because the guys who are winning big, they all love it. Yeah. And those guys are going to stomp you. And and a real entrepreneur couldn't sit on a fucking Could beach. Could never sit on the beach. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, people go, couldn't what's your exit strategy? And I'm like, death? Yeah, mine <laughs> too. Mine <laughs> you know? too. Because, like, dude, I've had a, some really big offers to buy our company. Um, not where I, not 10-figure, but 9-figure offers. Yeah. And uh, like to where I would literally... Never have to fucking work or do anything. And we've turned them down because I'm, I make enough money to live the life I want to live. Right. I love the guys here and the, and the girls here in our office. I love coming to work every day. I love building shit. I love creating shit. Like, like I think about it like how it would negatively affect my life having that money because it wouldn't change anything how I would live and what it would do is take away all the shit that I love. Exactly. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, and, uh, that's how real entrepreneurs think about shit. You yeah, know what I mean? I agree with you, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anybody that like, is why would I take a lot quitting? of money and give away all the shit that I love about my life? It doesn't make any sense. No, it makes no sense. You'd end up trying to buy your way back into the feeling you get from running this. And you couldn't, and you couldn't, you couldn't recreate it. You'd, you'd either be into some bad shit or you'd have a bunch of stuff that you don't like as much that takes up all your oh, time and energy. Bro, I would be so self-destructive. Oh, I would be, I'd be dead in fucking two years. Yeah. I, I would go fucking crazy. I know it sounds funny, but yeah. I think people who don't believe you, it's true. Yeah. You see wealthy or successful entertainers and they, they get on a down slump. You don't turn to cocaine because you go to a party and you try it and you like it. You turn to it because you you get the feeling from that stuff yeah. that you were getting before yeah. this other shit. See, got I never in the fucked way. with any drugs, dude. You shouldn't. Like I used to smoke a lot of weed, but and and dude, uh, but like I never fu- I never did drugs. You know why? Because you people know don't get like hooked it. on drugs because the shit makes you feel bad. Right. <laughs> you yeah, you know, know you'll right? like it. Like, dude, I would fucking smoke some crack and I would be fucking, I, they'd be making a documentary about me. It'd be like, <laughs> look at this guy who used to be this right. and now here he is on the fucking sidewalk with a crack pipe. Yeah, the rise and fall of Andy Frazilla yeah, by Andy Frazilla. It would Andy take Frizzella. one fucking hit of crack. <laughs> yeah. It would be over. Did you, uh, have you, sorry, I, I, do you have any other uh, points on your drill? Oh, uh, there's so many drills. Yeah. AdvancedHumanDynamics.com, and then click level one gotcha. or go to slash level That's one. Cool, I'm gonna go check that out. Do it. It's, it's yeah. look. It's free. The reason it's free is because it's the highest leverage stuff that you can do. Yeah, is maintain, and you're gonna see how I look on video, which is not gonna be as polished as it is on the radio. <laughs> but uh, it, the highest leverage stuff you can do, especially when you're young. It, not even when you're young. In any business is always relationships, relationships. I don't have to explain this to you. You know this stuff, but I yeah. want to hammer it home yeah. for everybody listening too. And that's why I'm like, well, I, I want to get this what away. May, in my opinion, that's the people who are going to... You want to know the difference between... And I said this a million times on this podcast. The difference between people who are you know, forty to $80,000 a year people and the difference between people who are 250 to a million dollars... Has the only thing it has to do with is their ability to sell and their ability to manage people. And guess what? Guess what skills you need for that? Yeah, yeah. You Soft skills, right? Networking, relationship development. Yeah, and sales. So, dude, um, thank you so much for making the trip out here. Thanks this for having me, been, man. This, this has been really awesome. good. Yeah. I got to tell you, when I heard your show before, I was like, "Wow, this guy is like." 
a little high energy and abrasive. <laughs> and then I tar- started talking to people and I'm like, what's up with this Andy Frazella guy? And they're like, oh, he's a good dude. And then uh, I was texting with you and then my wife was texting with you and I was like, isn't he just so nice? <laughs> I did not expect this. Yeah. I did not. I really didn't. But it's a testament to your skill in relationship development that you can be an authentic version of yourself where you're like, you're you're telling people what they need to hear. But then when you're talking with someone who's a friend, you you don't have like a per- an aggressive persona. Yeah, I appreciate it. An man. abrasive persona. Yeah, no, Dude, it's look, man. The reason it's branding, right? Like it's it's my product. My product is my product is different than everybody else's because it's an authentic, aggressive stance on the shit that people need to hear. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I'm passionate about it, and that's where that comes from. But like, dude, I don't run around my house yelling at my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like Not dude, every day anyway. I'm a pretty chill dude. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm a fun guy to hang out with, and if we're going to drink beers, we're going to have a good fucking time. But like, when I get to talking about like the shit people need to know, dude, like I get angry at yeah. the lies they're told. And really what you're seeing when I, when I post like clips or bites that are, you know, of course, over the top, really what you're seeing is my, my anger for people lying to other people coming yeah. out. You know what I mean? And it's just, because dude, I was lied to and I was yeah. told the wrong way and I spent decades of my life trying to figure it out. And so it's frustrating to me and I'm not frustrated at people. I'm frustrated at the people who taught those people. Right, the noise. Yes, yeah. man. So I'm, I don't know, man. Like, and I, like, this is just another example. You know, you know, we don't monetize our podcast because I fucking love doing it. You know, I just love it. And eventually we're going to have products that are going to monetize. Like we sell some children's books. Everything that we do is designed yeah, around. That was unexpected too. But yeah. my wife's like, he's got these children's books. And I was like, wait, who does? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about Andy Frizzello. He's yeah. got children's books. And, and, and fortunately, you know, people have really um, supported those and, and really done a great job helping uh other people learn about it, but I mean, dude, this is about impact, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking rich dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I you don't a, have to do this. I, to create, I live a crazy fucking life. Like, it, it, it's like rock star shit. But what I love to do is fucking help people. I just fucking love it. Like, I love the business we're in um, because we're able to send somebody away for six months and have them come back a completely different person. Uh, emotionally, physically, you know, confidence wise. I love what we do here because I feel like I'm able to relay some of the lessons that I was taught um, through life. And also by my dad, I was very fortunate to have a dad who by all accounts was not like the most loving dad. Like if you looked at him from the outside, you guys would be like, this dude's fucking crazy. (laughs) But the reality is, is he loved us way more than what most dads love their kids because he was he had he had the understanding of what real love is, which yeah. is telling you the fucking truth and preparing you for reality. And I was very fortunate, and and I don't use the word luck very much, but I was lucky to have that. Um, and I try to share that, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because well, not everybody you, has man. it. Good on you, man. Because I yeah. think a lot of people would take the opportunity to create a platform like this and just go, "Cool, I'm gonna sell them some some a more bunch of shit." Shit, yeah. yeah. I, and dude, we are going to sell some shit, but but it'll I mean, be good, it's all going to be shit. It's healthy shit. Yes, it's yeah. all going to be stuff that will return so, on someone's life in a financial way, a, a hundred, a thousandfold. 
You know what I mean? So and I can feel good about that. Yeah, good. So, and that's got uncensored children's books coming yeah. out. Uncensored right. children's yeah. books, yeah. yeah. Dude, like, what's that one that uh, the go to fuck to go sleep? Go to fuck to sleep. Yeah. Dude, I, that yeah. video of uh, who who's reading that? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my I think, god, right? dude, that's one of the funniest yeah. videos ever. Yeah, he's like go the fuck <laughs> to sleep, and he's like so it's so calm. Yeah, so chill. He's that's such great. a good dude. He's such a good voice guy. Yeah, him. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's voice. Oh, yeah, of course. Morgan Freeman's voice. Those guys are so fucking good at what they yeah. do. Like, I just, yeah. I'm big fans of their voice work. It's so hard to do voice Walken. work, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, it's just, I don't know. I, the more I get into podcasting, the more I pay attention to people's voice yes. work. And yes. I'm really becoming, a, like, a fan of people that can, like, have their, their fucking style. It's, it's tough, it, man. It's really no different than fucking rapping. Yeah. Remember, Tyler and I just started working on some rap shit with our buddy Mark, and uh, fuck, that shit's hard, dude. It's a totally different art. He sucks so bad in the beginning. Oh, he sucks yeah. so bad at the beginning, yeah. I got fucking way better quick. You got, yeah, you got, you got way better in those only over the course of a couple of days, and Mark's like, man, I never heard somebody pick it up this quick. Yeah, like, but it is a different thing, man, because it's like, yeah. you know how like in podcasting you develop your style, or sure. radio you develop your style, and then that was just a whole different thing, but... uh. Is the boys in the hood always hot? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Bro, I'm I can drop it right on now. you, man. I don't I care. I can drop it on you. The right. vanilla ice style. I can drop it on I you. I will fucking next time Mark comes in town, we're bringing this motherfucker over because <laughs> I would love to fucking see him weasel his way through a fucking rap verse. Easily, I approach yeah. the microphone because I ain't no joke. <laughs> Dude, Tell get your the mama. Fuck out of here. I'm cringing. <laughs> Could you be any more fucking white? White. Uh, actually, literally, no. <laughs> literally, I don't know that I could have any less pigment in my skin unless I was an actual albino. But, uh, <laughs> That's the fucking truth. But, uh, you know. You got the, you, you got the, uh, I got embraced you got the hood my brand. blood in you? Yeah, oh, I do, yeah. You got the hood blood? All right. Well, dude, thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah, anything, uh, guys, if you're not following him, make sure you do. And make sure you check out his website because, um, He's teaching you and has dedicated a big part of his life to teaching you guys uh, a great foundation for the skills that you're going to need to earn more money. And uh, we kind of went all over on this podcast, but but Jordan is one of the best in the world at what he does. And uh, make sure that you're you're giving his content proper attention because it's going to benefit you a lot. And your podcast is actually just called The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's right. The Jordan okay. Harbinger Show. Yeah. You can you find it anywhere fine podcasts are sold. They're all free. I don't know. I don't know if people we're, confuse we're, that. Sometimes. We're in the fine podcast category. That's right. All right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we're we're MFCEO adjacent. That's right. <laughs> we're winking at each other across the aisle. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Make sure you pay the fee, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>